welcome to a special episode of Friends of Film, a podcast that states new news and theatrical releases. On this episode, we'll cre- recap the biggest news from San Diego Comic Con 2017. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes by searching Friends of Film. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood. Once again, Joe man, happy to not be in San Diego, Josh Straley. Happy to not be in San Diego. Yeah. It literally, wait, San Diego. It's a little What's crazy. The, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I'm thinking of the Anchorman line. Yeah. But we'll yeah. skip over that because I don't know if it's appropriate it's or not. It's not appropriate, <laughs> but I, I had to throw in a little Anchorman reference there for the opening because it's just too good, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we were not at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, unfortunately, but also kind of fortunately because we saved a lot of money, mm-hmm. but we weren't there to see all the actual big reveals and everything that took place, um, but it was much more easier to not go into that hectic situation. Yeah than to do that but would have been worth it though to satisfy the infinity war teaser thirst yes yeah, yes it would be I, I think and so. not, we're not discussing they not, they have not released it so uh, if you heard us talk about it last week in the description that came out of d23 uh that's all the coverage we're going to have on it. it parts of it have leaked online because it was san diego and the security is less tight there yes i watched 15 seconds of it and it was glorious awesome. but uh i'm i'm now holding out for the real things, I saw another link this morning for like a three-minute version. I was like, oh, that's tempting, but I want to see it in its full glory. I got a sneak peek of like Doctor Strange and Star-Lord together and Spider-Man, and yeah. that was like, okay, that's enough to hold me over until you know, October, I think. <laughs> yes, I agree. But yeah, so we have a lot of news to get to from you know Fox, from Warner Brothers, not just DC, but other stuff they announced there as well, and then Marvel Studios came big. Um, but the first thing we're going to talk about is actually Netflix. They released the first official full trailer for David Ayer's Bright, which hits uh, Netflix this December. They released a teaser back in February along with the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, we got our full one now. What would you think of it? Uh, yes, surprisingly. Like, you know, I wasn't sure about it. It just looked really wonky. Uh, but it, actually getting to see Will Smith and Joel Edgerton and you know doing a ride along together and everything like that uh in this fantasy world where magic has kind of gone the way of uh, uh i mean i guess religions are supposedly kinda. you know people have kind of like abandoned it as like the focal point of life and <laughs> watching will smith like uh act i guess or treat you know different species as like you know minorities or whatever the case is it's so cool and uh it just looks like it's gonna have so much banter back and forth between him and edgerton uh, i thought i i'm gonna watch it yeah i mean it'll be in my list and i'll go for it what do yeah, you think i'm definitely gonna watch this uh it opened great with like him murdering a fairy <laughs> yes. i thought that was uh, a bold start <laughs> and uh, that kind of capitalized on later when you know there's shots of like numi rapace who plays like a she plays an elf i believe mm-hmm. she's like slicing dude's throats like this is definitely a violent film and uh david ayer during the panel for this at comic-con took a couple of shots i think at wb because he's like you know, this was this is the movie I was allowed to make. I was allowed to do whatever I want. This wasn't no studio movie. This isn't cookie cutter or whatever. I was yeah. allowed to make my vision, and this is what you guys get for it. I think it looks really good. I'm a big fan of his for Fury at End of Watch. Suicide Squad was its own thing. I don't blame the problems on that movie with him necessarily. But, yeah, I mean, Will Smith, Joel Edgerton, their chemistry looked great. There's that, there's that hilarious joke where, like, Joel Edgerton winks at Will Smith and he's like, <laughs> yes. he's like, don't wink at me. And like, you can already tell like that their chemistry is playing well together. And mm-hmm. it looks like very political in a sense where like, he's like, 
oh, who's like, who's the, diver- who, where's the diverse hire? Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Like mm-hmm. David is going for it. And like, I, I like that. He's not just making this like, oh, a weird fantasy cop movie. Right. He's like adding some, you know, political substance to it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't know, not meta, but it's, it's not, it's not shying away from like, you know, how it'd be seen like today. Exactly. You know, uh, what was the Zootopia did yeah. something similar with like that. And you know, yeah, just embrace it and go for it. And it looks like it's going to crush it. Uh, especially just because I want to know, I don't know what's happening plot wise other mm-hmm. than a magic wand turns up right? and people are like, Oh, I can grant us wishes, but you never see like if it actually does. And you know, it just looks so it's so out there. I can't help but be drawn to it. Yeah. So. It takes a lot of interesting turns. I am definitely looking forward uh, for this one to hit in December on Netflix. Uh, I know there was talked initially of one point that they were maybe considering doing a theatrical release as well. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they're thinking this could qualify for Oscars. I don't think that'll happen. And you know, I think it'd be cool to see it on a big screen as somebody who already subscribes to Netflix. I'm not going to you know pay <laughs> even more money just to go see it on the big screen. Sure. Uh, at least not this one, maybe other Netflix movies down the road, but we also got a new trailer for uh, the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, mm-hmm. We already had our first full trailer for this one, but now at Comic-Con they released the second one. And the big standout for me in this one was Meowthra. Yeah. The inclusion <laughs> of a cat as like this like giant like kaiju like monster yes. I thought was genius. That was yes. so funny. <laughs> he was like, oh no, it's Meowthra. And then like you see like the laser pointers as like somebody in this like Lego world of like whether it's Will Ferrell's son or his yeah. daughter or whatever, somebody's like getting this cat into this trouble. But it's just like that kind of stuff I love. There's also you no know, great stuff with like Lloyd and his dad and like that yeah. whole friend group. Uh, they look to have great chemistry. I'm not, so I'm not sure what the story is necessarily because it looked like at points Lloyd and his dad were te- were working together. Yeah. So I don't know if Meowth is like a larger threat or if something else is right. or what the case is. But uh, I'm a huge fan of the Lego movie and the Lego uh, Batman movie. So I'm definitely ready for the Ninjago movie. Yeah, I, I don't know what the timeline is from them um, making the Lego movie, starting work on Lego Batman, and then starting work on Lego Ninjago. But it really feels like after Batman, they just thought, let's just go for it, you know, like go all out. And then this is what this is. It's good, clean Lego fun. And I mean, you you build things with Legos, and then you destroy them with other things that aren't Legos. And, you know, Meowthra, uh, you know, like the take on Mothra, like, like, you know, smashing those together. Hilarious. And uh, it's just the star studded cast, too. Um, there's Abby Jacobson from um, Broad City, who is mm-hmm. hilarious. There's my Michael Pena, Fred uh, Amstram mm-hmm. is in there, uh, Kamel and Johnny's in yes. there, and he, he just sounds like he's saying he's got uh, he's got <laughs> ton of good lines. There's Olivia Munn, and then Justin Theroux's uh, Garmadon, is that yeah. right? Yeah, and him calling him Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's Lloyd. Yeah, and then Dave Franco just has this whiny teenager. I don't know, voice going for him yes. in this whole this whole movie and like even though you look at him like as a serious like handsome lego he's like oh he's just a kid like mm-hmm. a teenager type deal and it's just so funny <laughs> and the conversation he's having with his mom about like why did you why did you fall for dad if you knew he was evil he's like well he wanted to dominate the world and i thought it was just ambition <laughs> right that was that, was, that yeah. was very clever it was it was classic and then of course jackie chan in there is the uh sensei woo yeah so it this looks like another hit for uh, WB in their Lego division. Yeah, I know like Lego Batman did not perform as well as I think like the Lego movie did and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that this one, 
uh, will maybe pick up the pieces and get to do a little bit better. So they're, they're not like worried about, you know, Oh, maybe we shouldn't do yeah. more of these kind of like different weird ones. Like mm-hmm. let's just stick to the main one. Cause I want to see, I mean, as long as this one is good, I'm down for whatever oh. Lego movie they think of. Yeah, absolutely. If they eventually get to star Wars Lego, I oh, would man. just, I would lose it. That, that'd that be difficult with like the Disney WB. Yeah. I don't know how that works licensing wise, but they were in the Lego movie. So it would be incredible. It would be. Uh, but we also got our second trailer for Kingsman, the golden circle, uh, this one, the first one you were a big fan of, not mm-hmm. the, mo- the movie, but also the first trailer. Yes. What did you think of the second one? Oh, uh, well, first of all, Statesman spinoff right yes. now. I, I, just, there's nothing more to say. Uh, but the whole, the whole thing is just so cool because the Kingsman, yeah, it was great. And I loved it more than I probably ever should like a British film or whatever, <laughs> you know, but now that they've got Channing Tatum, Jeff Bridges, Halle Berry and uh, uh, Pedro Pascal, yes, yeah. Pedro Pascal, like that, that is the movie I have been waiting to see and just didn't know it. Uh, it looks so kick butt. They're taking everything to a 10. They get this, they get to cut out the training stuff. Everyone's all grown up and ready to, you know, you know, just blow things up and i am here for it man what do you think yeah i thought i was not the biggest fan of that first trailer i liked it but it was not on the level of what i expected yeah. this one was Heck this yeah. was the trailer i was like yes this is why kingsman 2 was so high on my list like going into the year mm-hmm. of movie i'm just thrilled to see and i thought the action was incredible uh whether it's like the in taxi you know fight sequence oh. or mm-hmm. uh pedro pascal getting like this like burning like lasso where he like cuts a dude in half i was like (laughs) that was the moment i was like yeah okay this movie's gonna be epic i know it Uh, i don't have to see the rest of it because like just like those like inventions and innovations i thought were excellent there's also Mm -hmm. the great moment at the end where he does the uh manners maketh the man yeah and then harry's like you know what that means and like he starts like (laughs) walking up the bar so like they're like they're clearly gonna like redo some elements that they did before yeah. Uh, the other action moment where like Edgerton like jumps on top of one guy, like mm-hmm. shoots a dude, then flips underneath and then kills another guy. Like yeah. there's just, it looks like Matthew Vaughn elevated the action even more. And I mean, the first one had the church scene and that's hard to do. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean the Statesman, they look like really fun additions. Uh, Channing Tatum, like depending on what version you watch, uh, the end of the red band version, he's like, if yeah, we're yeah. talking about just, like how cool <laughs> yes. the Statesman are. Like, like that's that's the Channing Tatum that like makes right. twenty one twenty two Jump Street mm-hmm. so great. Like I'm totally on board for that and seeing. I want to see more of Jeff Bridges and Halle Berry how they work in. Uh, still want to see more of Julianne Moore because we haven't seen that much of her. Yeah, just her. But she has like these like Amazon drones <laughs> delivering yes. something that it looks like they blow up the uh, the the original Kingsman uh, suit shop. Mm-hmm. So. Who knows what what's going on she, there? It looked like she was like an internet CEO delivery mogul, and right. it looked like they were delivering like scotch or whiskey to right. a bunch of people. So yeah, it could look like clear vials mm-hmm. of either that or gasoline, <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I did not expect it to you know blow me away like that. I mean, the first one was good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like elegant and it was like a classic Kingsman. Yes. you know, it's like you moved them back to the forties type of a deal, kind of like the movie you expected. Uh, but this is just. Yeah, and like you said, that's why we go see Channing Tatum. It's for it's for roles like this. Mm-hmm. And if if it does, I hope it does super well. And the spinoff thing is actually a real possibility because that would be maybe epic. If not, at least bring him back in for a 
the third Kingsman. He can't be he can't be missing. That's for sure. But yeah, we are definitely looking forward to that. And uh, one of the more surprising announcements that came out of Comic Con was actually not at one of the main movie panels, but actually. Uh, I believe it was the Legion panel that was happening with mm-hmm. uh, creator Noah Hawley was there. And at the very end of the panel with all like the TV press there, none of them, not a lot of the movie people were there. He kind of just dropped a hint of what his next project is. He's like, I, I have two words for you, doctor and doom. Mm-hmm. And so immediately it's apparently Noah Hawley is developing some film for Fox involving Dr. Doom. It's unclear if that is a doom solo movie or another attempt to reboot the fantastic four film. Uh, the THR report also confirmed that along with whatever idea Hawley is doing the kid reboot thing we talked about a couple weeks ago, that is another one that is actually being you know developed. So uh, apparently Fox is definitely not interested in letting this property go away. They're looking for new ways to bring the Fantastic Four and their universe to the big screen. Would you be interested in a Noah Hawley version of that? Okay, well, first of all, Legion is probably one of the best spring TV shows that happened, uh, hands down. But, and I have total faith in this guy, Mm -hmm. but what is a Doctor Doom movie? What do you even do? I mean, I know he has some kind of like a weird backstory where he gets like worshipped as a king or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's like a... he like basically takes over the country of Latveria. Okay. So then he's like the ruler there. So yeah, I, I, but I don't know what angle they take with him. Do you go like him like rising up to take over the country? Maybe. Maybe, but yeah. Then again, I don't know how you necessarily do it without bringing in the Fantastic Four. So unless they're gonna like do a doom centric movie where like the fantastic four are almost pitted as like the villains. But then you like people who don't understand mm-hmm. who these characters are realize by the end of the film that, Oh, it's doom's actually the bad guy. Yeah. Maybe that's the way they do it. I mean, Noah Hawley's done some really interesting things on TV with not just Legion, but Fargo as well. So that's like, right. yeah. Uh, if anybody can pull it off, I think Noah Hawley can do it. I would still rather all the fantastic four stuff go to Marvel, mm-hmm. but I would be more interested in this than the other option. Absolutely. And it would be fresh. And I always like new um, or different takes. But I mean, my, my gut instinct is what is really there to engage somebody. Do you want to make Dr. Doom a sympathetic character? Or maybe you make him an anti-hero, or you go the rated R route. But maybe it's certainly the, one of the more unique ideas that came out of uh, San Diego. Yeah, And apparently if this, actual movie happens that in some way Dan Stevens would be involved. So I don't know if he would be the one playing Dr. Doom or if he would be, you know, like the new Reed Richards or Johnny storm or whatever. Uh, But I would definitely, Legion is a is a show that is so just bizarre that I was like, I watched the first episode and I was like, I don't really know what's happening. So I'm going to record all the rest of them. And mm-hmm. then on like a Saturday, I'm going to binge the whole thing because I just, I feel like I need to watch it just all at once to try to make sense of it all. And I, th- I think that worked out for the best for me uh, at least. So if them two are going to pair up for a bigger superhero blockbuster, sure. Why not? Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the guy. So, or both of them, Steven yes. and though. So yeah. Bring it on, I suppose. Yeah, uh, but that that was all Fox had. They did not bring any of the X-Men there, which I thought was rather surprising and personally a missed opportunity. But uh, WB started off Hull H on Saturday, 
And they kicked it off, not with DC, but with Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And we got our first trailer at for uh, Ready Player One. And I am all in. This This was probably the trailer of Comic-Con, in my opinion. And I love, yeah. we're going to talk about them later, the Just League and Thor Ragnarok trailers, both great. But just the, when I watched this trailer for the first time, I was just like in awe of what I was seeing. The VR stuff. Just the concept of the mm-hmm. uh, Oasis and Ty Sheridan and like all these other people going into this virtual reality world and like where it's just aiding nostalgia all over the place, I think is a very cool concept. Uh, and then like you see just like you know Iron Giant being there. There's yeah. like a Harley Quinn and Deadshot cameo mm-hmm. really quickly. Uh, there's also like uh, Nuke Dukem and um, uh, uh, f- uh, not Freddy. Is it Freddy? Uh, yeah, Jason. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah, Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Not, not Jason. Uh, yeah, Freddy Krueger's there as well, and like Akira, and there's the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Like, it just looks so awesome that like there's like the huge like Mad Max like like type car sequence yes. that I was just in awe of. I don't know if this movie's in IMAX or 3D. I hope it is because well, yes. the visuals of this thing just looked insane and. Uh, I did not know much about this beforehand. We talked about it a little bit off air mm-hmm. last week before yeah. we recorded uh, because they released the first photo and stuff and I was reading up on it and I was like, oh, this this reminds me a lot of Spy Kids 3D, mm-hmm. just the premise. Oh, yeah, that's what led us down the tunnel of Elijah Wood's cameo. <laughs> yes, we that, which <laughs> totally blew my mind. And I don't know if Elijah Wood's going to be in this movie, but I have no doubt it's going to be better than Spy Kids 3D. Absolutely. And after this trailer instantly shot up my list of like, most anticipated movies of next year like it's definitely going to be very high up uh in terms of what's coming out in 2018 but yeah those are my thoughts on it what did, what did you think uh it is the, the spielberg thrives when he has imagination to, to to play with and ready player one was the perfect um was the perfect example of that and you saw it in the trailer. It's nostalgia porn. There is everything that you've ever experienced over your childhood was smashed into an epic battle, epic race, or some kind of like, you know, this, this infinite universe. Uh, what's the Disney game, video game, where they just put all their oh, properties together? Uh, Kingdom Hearts? Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah, uh, yes. Or like Disney Infinity. That, Disney Infinity, but Square Inc. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts. That's what it looks like. You're... <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, absolutely blown away. But also the world around it too, I love too. Because overpopulation type of a deal. And you know, like eventually you're going to conquer every frontier. And where do you go next? And Ty Sheldon's voiceover in the trailers, like we're called the missing millions. Not because we went anywhere. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, we went to cyberspace. People are like living in this, like the world has gotten so bad, I guess, quote for quote, that that's their escape, and I love that premise. I think that's so cool. And um, knowing Spielberg, he's got an incredible story lined up that not just is going to have fun from a kid's perspective, but also you know something else, uh, you know, entirely to, for us to follow. And I cannot wait to see them elaborate on the narrative and you know where they're taking it all because the book gets a little dark. So hopefully you've read is, the book. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so hopefully there's levity, uh, you know, going forward. Cause 
I, I'm yeah, I'm very excited about this too. Yeah, I loved it's it's called the uh, the stacks. Is mm-hmm. that what the they're like? That's Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, yeah which I yeah. thought I thought was very like just a cool like idea of a city almost where like people mm-hmm. are literally like have like uh, cars and like RVs and stuff like just stacked on top of each other like Jenga blocks, and yeah, I think like that the whole concept looks cool. We also got the tease at the very end of the key uh, turning. I think that's to unlock the oasis yeah. to whoever because like the, the movie is going to be about basically like the competition for like kind of like Willy Wonka-esque like whoever wins this competition mm-hmm. gets control of the oasis in this company so maybe that's the end of the movie and Ty Sheridan's opening it or whoever I don't know I haven't read the book but uh, it was it was definitely very cool yeah. yeah they even played the Willy Wonka like theme did the they trailer. really I didn't notice that yeah oh, that's it's like it's, it's very prevalent in the, in the first half before they get into like the epic like rock car chase scene mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah it looks looks super cool we're both very much looking forward to it and uh that was all that was the only thing we got uh that really wasn't dc related from wb um before their panel started actually they released uh, we actually got some news about shazam uh apparently uh according to uh jeff johns the president of dc films he told yahoo movies that uh shazam will no longer include uh dwayne the rock johnson's black adam hmm. uh previously he was confirmed to be part of the cast but now that he's getting his own movie he has been uh separated from the shazam film so does this make you less interested in shazam more interested in black adam's standalone movie or you don't really have any thoughts on either way? Well, yeah. I, I, well, I have thoughts about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, okay. the Rock. Okay, um, Shazam. No, because there's nothing. Nothing's materialized from it yet. So I was just like, all right, they want to, they want to, you know, make two movies, make more money. That that that's like the bottom line for me. Right. But I do think it does make me a little less interested to know that Shazam's gonna have to carry his own movie instead of you know having the Rock show up and play black adam and see some kind of dynamic there i think that makes it lose a little bit but mm-hmm. what how about you what's I your think, what's i think i think the, the big takeaway for me was just that they well they haven't cashed Shazam yet so we have no right. idea who's going to be playing that part or the human version of him of billy batson because it shazam is just a he's a kid of billy batson who then gets this ability to whenever he says shazam he transforms like this like demigod being so maybe they're going to get you know a a no a really huge name for billy batson and like uh like jacob tremblay or something and then they'll oh, get wow. like yeah I don't, but then they have to get another big star to be his shazam persona like i've said it before i think chan tatum would kill it in that part because he could play up that whole oh i'm a nine-year-old aspect yeah i think that'd be hilarious uh it's probably not gonna happen but it, it the thing that the the takeaway for me was that this just puts more pressure on those people because if the rock is in there, people, you can still sell this as mm-hmm. look, it's, it's Shazam. You don't know who Shazam is, but look, we have the rock Yeah, and people love the rock. People will go see really any movie. The rock does. So I thought that was like a no brainer thing that he was going to stick with it, even if it's just for a small part, but for him not to be in it at all, I think is weird. And now we don't even know when we'll see black Adam really. So, who knows? Right, because we don't have a title yet, date for his movie yet. Mm-hmm. So we just know that he's... We just know that he's making one. Yeah, and he's all about it too. Yeah, so... Uh, and we know that Shazam is moving forward uh, rather quickly actually because Umberto Gonzalez of The Rap revealed uh, in the lead-up to Comic-Con that Shazam is going to be the next DC movie to start production 
uh, with Aquaman already underway. And then THR confirmed this to be true, saying that it is targeted to film in February or January or February of 2018. So they only have a couple months left to find whoever this is going to be. And based on this start of production and that schedule, it looks like it's very feasible that Shazam could stick to its initial April 2019 release date that WB put it on like three years ago. That would be incredible, especially since they have no casting yet. Yeah. What do you think of John Cena? I've heard that suggestion a lot, and I'm not sure how I feel about it because I think he could be decent, Mm -hmm. but I've never seen him lead a movie before. So that's that's my biggest concern. Where I think Channing Tatum could do it. I've seen people suggest like uh, John Krasinski as Shazam. I think that would be uh, a really cool choice. He doesn't. He doesn't in my mind have like that build of like Shazam being a God, but like, no. you know, he, he bulked up pretty well for 13 hours. So he could, mm-hmm. he could probably do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I have no idea who, who I have no really suggestions for Shazam other than Channing Tatum. Oh man. I and, like the Kaczynski thing. But yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. But I mean, do, are you excited that Shazam is going to be the next movie we're going to see? Really? I don't know anything <laughs> right. yet, but it's, I'm, it is, Good to see them executing on a plan because it seems like over the last 18 months that we've been talking about DC Slate, they've felt rudderless. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they've finally, you know, got their feet in the water and they're swimming or I don't know if they've analogy, <laughs> but they've, they've got a foothold and they seem to know what they're doing. They seem to have struck the right note mm-hmm. and they're following that beat Uh uh, my analogies are all out of whack. What's next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Before we move on, I just want to say, yeah, I think that it's a good thing uh, for Shazam to be sticking to this schedule. I like that. I'm I I am shocked that we're going to see a Shazam movie before we see a Batman movie. Yeah. Before we see a Flash, Green Lantern, Green Lantern, yes. Green Lantern, uh, Green gotcha. Lantern movie, uh, a Man of Steel sequel, any of that stuff that that shocks me personally uh, because. In my mind, Shazam's never factored into being, oh, he's going to be a major player in the DCEU. He's mm-hmm. always kind of be like, oh, yeah, he'll probably pop up like a Justice League 2 or 3 or something. But if he's appearing this early on and it's set in like the present day and stuff and it's right after Aquaman and Justice League, he could uh, he could have a big role moving forward. You never know. So uh, another thing that came out prior to the panel actually starting for WB was the day before, the Hollywood Reporter uh, shockingly revealed that uh, apparently Ben Affleck and Warner Brothers were working on a plan that would uh, gracefully usher out Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, the report said that they did not discuss the reasoning behind, you know, if this was a mutual thing, if it, well, this was WB saying, oh, we're not happy with Ben Affleck for whatever reason, or Ben Affleck's, you know, this was a Ben Affleck wish or not. But all uh, they did say was that it will be addressed in an upcoming film, uh, which... This happened the day before the Hall H panel, so to no one's surprise, I mean, I guess it could be somewhat surprising, but Ben Affleck did address this rumor at Hall H saying that uh, he absolutely loves playing the character. He would do anything for Matt Reeves, really, including playing an ape. So uh, he's like, oh, there's a, there's this misconception that I'm not directing, that I'm not excited for the project. He's like, I'm really effing excited for it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he went on to later say in like other interviews that, uh, you know, he'll play Batman for as long as WB wants. So 
in in his debunking of this story, he never really says definitively, look, guys, I am playing Batman for X amount of times, X amount of years. With this report from the Hollywood Reporter, very reputable source, and you know, everything we've heard before, we've heard these rumors back in like, you know, February and March. What do you what do you make of this whole Affleck situation now? I mean, you kind of you kind of touched on it there. I mean, you it was a denial. It was a I wouldn't say it was a non-denial denial, but it was him reacting to the news that was definitely looming over the entire WB panel there or the, the DC panel. And if he didn't address it, it's a story still. And he did address it here and, you know, he said he was excited about it, but there was no, like you uh, mentioned, he didn't say, I'm here until the end of the line. Or, uh, you know, I'm here until they don't want me anymore, (laughs) which is an interesting way to put it, you know. Uh, And, um, of course, you don't know always what the studio is thinking and, and you know and to him for him to speak out about his a 10-year future or five-year future would be disingenuous so we all expect that uh but i think you you have to take him at his word for the moment um yeah the hollywood reporter of course picks up rumors follows stories and uh, i don't think they've gotten anything murderously wrong and in- i mean they're a trade they're like about as dead on as a source can be sure so, yeah for, if this was coming from uh i don't know cosmic book news or mm-hmm. something like or some just like random like blog do you review I, right or... i would be like okay they're just like kind of bringing up those old rumors again but the fact that the hard reporter is like no listen they're working on a plan to get him out that just makes me feel like that it is actually going to happen uh i don't know when it's going to be Based on that report alone before Ben Affleck's denial and everything, I thought, okay, well, I think Justice League will probably be his last movie. But based on what he said about Matt Reeves and kind of praising that, I think he will still be Batman in The Batman. But by the end of that movie or midway through that movie or whatever, they're going to, for whatever reason, there's going to be something that happens so that he's no longer Batman, whether that's Nightwing becomes Batman, uh, somebody else has real, yeah, as real or just, there is no Batman anymore. Uh, I, I don't think Ben Affleck is in this for the long haul. It would be interesting to, um, see them go down the Batman forever route. I mean, mm-hmm. if they wanted to transition Affleck out gracefully, that's, mm-hmm. that's a superb way. Have him sit in a chair and, bark orders for you know one or two movies minimum effort nothing mm. substantial uh but yeah i we we've been back and forth with this actually for like six months you know ever right. since he seemed wavering on the director um the part for the bat his batman solo movie and the dude's been through a ton and i, mm-hmm. I don't want to i don't want to forget about that uh, and he just dropped out of Triple Frontier. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot. I, I think his future is unknown, and I think Warner Brothers is put a plan in place for that or yeah. wants to have a plan in place for that because he doesn't know what he's doing. And he he may be day-to-day and said something like, I don't know if I want to do this for 10 years. And sure enough, he'll be like 60 by the yeah. time that, that spree ends. So uh, Warner Brothers planning their financial future for Batman doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. 
in Affleck saying that he's going to be around for, you know, the next five years seems fair. And maybe it's just kind of like a, a long look down the road because Robert Downey Jr. said something similar during the Spider-Man yeah. um, tour that he was looking, he's, he will retire when he feels like it's not, not working for him anymore. Mm-hmm. But he said right now I'm fine. And that, right. seemed what, that seemed like what Affleck said. So maybe, maybe the past is influencing too much of how we view the lens right. today. Not that we shouldn't it's, it's use very, it. That's very true. But maybe it's just sort of like, a, oh boy, here we go again. Right. You know, hands up and the roller coaster is going down the hill. Because right. the second he denied it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, just like how he denied, no, I am, I'm not, not going to direct the Batman. I'm definitely yeah, doing it. True. And then two weeks later, press release, Ben Affleck's not directing Batman. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, he's, he's wavered back and forth before. I don't want to, you just be negative on it uh, just to be negative and that's not what i'm doing i think that but just based on all the info we've gotten over the last six months or seven months now that just it continues to look more likely that he will not be the batman you know in the next like five years from now than it does that he will be yeah so i mean that has to do with his age it has to do with you know these comments i think the reception to uh his other movies has has, has had an effect on that as well so uh, if there is one good thing to maybe come out of this is at least that even if he is still saying, no, look, I'm going to do it. And he means it that at least WB is already preparing. Okay. We know he can't play this role forever. So let's have a couple of options in place for, in case, you know, if after justice league and that movie bombs for whatever reason, then we say, okay, we can, uh, we can get him out. We can yeah. do it this way. We'll kill him off at the beginning of the Batman, whatever. Uh, or if it's great and they're like, okay, well, well, he was, he still wants to be in for the Batman. Okay. We have this plan in place to do it that way. And then if he's like, okay, after the Batman, that was my last one. Then they have the option C in place. So they can do it this way. So yeah, at least they're making a plan, which I'm, I'm happy about. Yeah. I mean, for all of our Warner brother studio critic or, you know, critiques of the studio, mm-hmm. they're, they're determined to make money and, you know, yes. a contingency plan for Batman seems is, is totally in line with their mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And I, I do, I definitely do not want to see Affleck leave, like making that clear. Like, I think he's a yeah. great Batman, maybe the best one, honestly. Like I just rewatched all the Nolan movies. Bale is great, but what, you know, watching that warehouse scene in BVS is easily the best batman fight i've ever witnessed in my life uh yeah he, he does the bruce wayne stuff great he plays you know batman the part well as well so uh nobody wants to see him leave um outside of maybe him maybe wb you never we don't know but hopefully he will be around for the foreseeable future and that could include uh having him be around for this kind of slate that wb revealed at their hall h presentation uh kind of when they introduced all the DC st- stuff, they started flashing up logos for various movies. And it's believed that the order in which these logos appear is the way in which these movies will be released. So to run it down, uh, we know we're getting justice league this year. Aquaman was next coming out in 2018 Shazam. We know we just talked about it. Uh, is starting production earlier next year. So that one is up next after that is where they showed logos for Suicide Squad 2, The Batman, Justice League Dark, Batgirl, Green Lantern Corp, Flashpoint, the new title for the Flash movie, and Wonder Woman 2. So if that is their slate for the next four-ish years, that's not included in Nightwing movie, a Cyborg movie, Gotham City Sirens, Man of Steel 2, Black Adam, or a variety of other spinoff movies. So... 
if this is their lineup, what do you what do you think about it? Well, it, it sounds good to me. I mean, especially Flashpoint, especially especially Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I, I'm way more stoked for that than I am Wonder Woman two right now. Okay, but, interesting. But I'm still stoked for both. But it, it you know it there, I have some high expectations for these movies going right, forward. Right. But yeah, I, I, absolutely. And um, we'll talk about it in a minute. But Flashpoint sounds incredibly awesome. Could be very interesting you title your movie that you're going to be delivering something huge yes if you do it right uh-huh and uh i am all about that aren't you yeah i think the the thing that caught me most by surprise was the fact that one room two was the final movie on this and if this is the slate the mm-hmm. unofficial slate of okay they didn't give us dates but if we reason that okay these movies are going in this order and that you know, for for the current time being, WB is going to do three DC movies a year. If that starts with Shazam in 2019, then we have Suicide Squad 2 in 2019, the Batman in 2019, like November, sounds like a good place. Uh, then Justice League Dark, probably like early 2020, Batgirl in the summer of 2020, Green Lantern Corps uh, in the fall of 2020. Then you have Flashpoint and Wonder Woman 2 in 2021. That is a long way, like that's a four-year wait for a Wonder Woman sequel, mm-hmm. and that was the thing that surprised me the most because we're not going to touch on it in this Comic Con episode, but we are going to touch on it in our review of Dunkirk and our new section in that episode. But WB announced two more release dates for 2020, and it was heavily assumed that one of those would be Wonder Woman two. And if this is their lineup, unless they're going to do four movies a year, that's impossible. So. That was the biggest surprise to me. Uh, also, that they didn't kind of make a big, bigger deal out of announcing Wonder Woman two. They just kind of showed a logo. And they're like, and then it's like, oh yeah, they just they officially confirmed that Wonder Woman two is happening. That's yeah. the first time they've done that. So I would have maybe liked a little more pizzazz uh, out of WB, um, even though I wasn't there. Just as somebody watching Twitter, just if if Jeff Johns could have given a little brief updates on each of these movies. I know he said they just started writing Wonder Woman two, so that at least we know that's moving forward. Yeah. Um, but to know, like, if I think I think they should announce, you know, Patty Jenkins is officially returning. Like, right. we all know what's going to happen, but with Wonder Woman still being like, it's been on theaters for like a month. Mm-hmm. If they could have still put that out there and been like, here. Everybody still has Wonder Woman on their minds. Here's just sigh of relief. Everybody, just so you know, we locked Patty down for this movie. Don't worry. Sure. I think I think they should have done that. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest story is definitely Flashpoint because that could be a way to completely reboot the DCEU if they <laughs> wanted. Yeah. I mean, just imagine all the carnage that Superman's caused and you can wipe it clean, you know, with right. Flashpoint. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, and I mean, I think there, there are multiple Flashpoint runs mm-hmm. or lately it's, it's, there's, it's there's different er, in, in, yeah, interpretations. Yeah. Yes. So you could go so many routes with that. Especially. Yeah, like, have you seen like the animated uh, Flashpoint yes, which is, which is paradox? Favorite, personally. I yeah. thought that I watched that like, I don't know, like a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Absolutely. I'm like, if, but if that's the way they go with this movie, like that is some dark stuff that they have to get into. Like you got Wonder Woman and Aquaman at war. You have like heroes getting killed. Uh, you have a different Batman. Like that is some heavy stuff to deal with. Which is why you know maybe Frank Famuyiwa just said, "Oh, this is not what's up." Right? Yeah. 
But again, like we talked about the Affleck thing, like if he does want to leave after the Batman, like you bring in Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Batman for Flashpoint, and then if Barry Allen resets the timeline at the end of that after messing it up to save his mother, because uh, that's how the whole story kind of starts, yep. then you could do it in a way where Bruce Wayne was born a little later. He was, you know, something else happened. He's his, he looks different. Like that, that's easier to explain than just simply recasting. If you can come out of Flashpoint and say this entire universe is completely changed, yeah, then you could you know recast Batman, Superman. Mm-hmm. You could retcon the events of BVS. You could get rid of like Jared Leto's Joker. You could do so many different things. Uh, The only thing that kind of worries me about that is that I would have liked to see just a regular flash movie. Yeah. Like that, that is a, that is, this is a huge storyline to do for your first flash movie. Like how do you top that moving forward? You're relying on the, the three, three instances of your seeing this character mm-hmm. in places to no two two films this will well be, yeah we'll, we'll have cameos from bvs and suicide squad and then his full quote-unquote debut in justice league yeah unless he appears in one of the other movies beforehand which is definitely possible yeah uh yeah so, this would be his biggest thing right and if maybe that's why we saw directors you know ditch mm-hmm. uh because i mean i know phil lord and chris miller were Yep. Start began. They were it. part of it. Then it was Seth Graham Smith. Then it was Rick Famuyiwa. And now there's like Robert Zemeckis is supposedly mm-hmm. like a front runner. So which would explain why the dude wants to why they want him on this yeah. if they're dealing if with some huge time travel stuff. Herb time time travel. Uh, you know. So yeah. Uh, it, it would also be a little bit disappointing though too, not just from a standalone movie, but to see them clean the slate right. so early. You, you barely, you just got your leg, your sea legs, and then all of a sudden everything's different. Yeah. And that would, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're trying to explain why Batman's different, but Gal Gadot is still, right. She's still the same. Wonder yeah. Woman, but she's also pre, she's an Amazon. So yeah. You, so who knows? she's a, she's a demigod, which gets you out of a lot of stuff. Yes. But yeah, I just, hopefully that doesn't have consequences that Patty Jenkins and company um, we'll have to address in Wonder Woman 2 or maybe that sets up the events, but super interesting and a really underplayed uh, aspect of, you know, like tell us something about right. that. Don't just tell us the name. Yeah. it's The other thing that uh, is interesting to me is that uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, so Well, we it will, is interesting, though. It, it is interesting. <laughs> I had a point to make, and now and then I got distracted, and now I forgot. Maybe you'll so, find it. Maybe. But is there anything else that stands out to you about the slate while I try to uh, get my thoughts back? <laughs> I just, you know, Suicide Squad 2, I think, is still premature. I know it made them money, but I, I think it's a worthless endeavor because mm-hmm. there's there's there was not a story the first time around. How are you going to find one here? And how are you going to find one that, does better than the first and you know keeps it going because i don't know i think i think a lot of people hated it but you know whatever yeah i did remember what i was gonna say there we go so uh because you brought up all the people kind of cycled through flashpoint or Mm -hmm. the flash movie before we knew it was called flashpoint i'm curious i want to know when they decided that this is going to be flashpoint you know was this day one lord and miller's idea or was this Seth Graham Smith's idea? Or was this uh, Rick Famuyiwa's idea? Or was this something Jeff Johns, like, just a couple weeks ago, was like, I got it. Let's do Flashpoint. Like, 
I want to know when they decided to do this because otherwise, if they were like just going to do a regular Flash movie, then it's them switching to Flashpoint seems more like a, all right, well, let's just reset everything and yeah. start kind of over again, but with all the same cast members that people still like. Right. So. Remember when they did the when we heard about the page one rewrite that the movie mm-hmm. was undergoing, yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, page one rewrite. People have described it as like a it's like the perfect uh, coming of age movie. I don't know how that works in Flashpoint necessarily, but unless you know you switch the world into like a Soviet controlled America type of thing, <laughs> like you know, there's I guess there's some ways to take, go about it. Yeah, yeeks. Yeah, so that's the DC slate, and uh, next up on that slate is Justice League, of course. Getting that this November, November 17th, and we got our newest trailer, or as they called it, the Comic-Con sneak peek. Runs like four and a half minutes long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall impressions on the trailer? I thought it was great. I agree. Uh, I felt... It felt it felt like the smashing of two different directors. I think you were talking to me about... um, two scores that seem to be overlapping Mm -hmm. there. And I think that kind of represents uh, the opening scene is Wonder Woman kicking some serious butt in a a bank heist. Uh, Epic as heck, best way to kick off your trailer after her success uh, earlier this year. And then it gets into just the entire ensemble um, and their personalities a bit. Aquaman is so surfer. Flash is like, I've never been in combat before. I just push people and run away, (laughs) which is hilarious. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. And I was, I was all about it. I didn't see anything where I was just like, no, that doesn't look, that doesn't look right. It looks fun. What about you? Yeah. I thought it was a great trailer. Uh, there were definitely moments where like the score part was what stood out to me the most in terms of, Oh, is this Joss Whedon or is this Zack Snyder? But other than that, the rest of the trailer all felt like Zack Snyder to me, which mm. I thought was a pr- like, there, there, there may be a couple character moments here and there that was probably weed and stuff but it's it's a very action heavy trailer still and i know just by the way it's it's shot and everything that is still snyder uh they changed up a couple of the uh the color palettes for some of these scenes so like now in like the previous trailers where we saw you know aquaman jumping off the batmobile into a bunch of parademons and stuff that whole event is now with like a red sky yeah so like clearly steppenwolf is like bringing mayhem onto earth or whatever but I just loved like the aesthetic of that. Like Batman's like jumping out of the sky. He's just like all black, and then you have the red clouds behind him. But then there's also like <laughs> Aquaman just like pile driving a parademon yes. into a building, then surfing <laughs> off of it, and then doing a hair flip. Like Aquaman mm-hmm. just looks like the best part of this movie, which yeah. I, I'm shocked to say uh, because I've yet I've I've seen Game of Thrones and stuff, but I haven't seen that much else of Jason Momoa. Yeah, but like this just looks like he was like born for this role like he is bringing like the rock nature to aquaman and it, it's working com- it's working perfectly yeah so yeah i i was totally sold on this trailer mm-hmm. and then like you know some of the set pieces too the mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on in this like it looks like a nuclear reactor uh i'm not sure or some kind of underground tunnel system Yeah, it's, it's a tunnel system of gotham yeah. okay there we go we've got wonder woman we've got flash and i believe cyborg has just jumped into the the bat tank or yeah, bat crawler crawl yeah i think it's yeah. a crawler yeah it's whatever's going on there a massive battles ensuing but we've got flash running laps around there and he's tossing wonder woman's sword to her yep. and it looks really cool and the, all of the action that we've seen in these DC movies has been great. This looks stellar. Yeah, and I, I I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm very excited to see it. 
We all we got to look at Steppenwolf too. Uh, not not a full on shot. We saw yeah. you know, glimpses of him. If you freeze frame the trailer, you can see a very quick look at his face, and when he's going up against Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But overall, I liked the design. Looked good, uh, and I like Sierra Hines' voiceover. Uh, he sounded like a you know a very powerful alien absolutely <laughs> god thing. So. I, yeah, what did you what did you think of Steppenwolf? Well, he definitely looks human. It looks, it looks like they went the human mm-hmm. route with him, which I didn't see coming. Because, but what the heck was that alien thing at the end of Batman yeah. vs Superman? I, I wonder but, if that was just like a like. I mean, it was like the Kryptonian like ships thing. Mm-hmm. So like maybe that's just their interpretation of Steppenwolf. Like, yeah, I think there's ways around it for sure. Absolutely, and I don't think you need to address it at all. Yeah. I'm just good. Like. He he's he sounds powerful in his voiceover, like you know him him laying out why he's on Earth, and it all felt like the movie was coming together. After me thinking that oh no, this doesn't seem right, <laughs> you know this this could, this could be the end of it, and it wasn't. Um, it addre- he, I mean his voiceover. He mentions Green Lanterns. Yes. He mentions the Kryptonians yeah, gone. He says, uh, yeah, he's like, there's no Guardians, no Lanterns, no Kryptonian. Like this world is mine to conquer or something. Like, yeah, I, I love that. Just like subtle world building. Like mm-hmm. for people in the know, everybody knows like Green Lanterns will be in part of this universe eventually. But the fact that like Steppenwolf has been in like fight and contact with them before, mm-hmm. like that just adds a layer already. And like instantly sets up that you know if the green lanterns do show up in this movie then it makes it like that much cooler because he's already aware of them and lays this kind of easter egg but if they don't once they do arrive then it's like oh so that those are the guys steppenwolf was talking about i like it yeah absolutely and it's it's very um winter soldier interrogation of the the guy about the algorithm type of it's it's all subtle and it's there but also if you pay attention to it it's huge and Mm -hmm. it's very important and uh it was a great ending shot to the movie or well, ending right. a way was, to lay it, us into right, the, it was the middle point. Yeah. Uh, there was also a very cool, uh, subtle Easter egg for penguin where Alfred's like, I miss the days when our biggest concerns were exploding penguins. <laughs> uh, fun line there as well. I think that was probably a weed in addition personally. Uh, but I think that the, the big talking point of the trailer is the end because it, it buttons on the trailer a scene of Alfred. He's working on like a car or something. He has a, he has a, a glass of scotch and starts shaking. We hear a thump, another thump, and then he stands up and says, "He said you were coming. Let's just hope you're not too late." Yeah. So the clear speculation is that it's Superman, and mm-hmm. that either those are his footsteps that made the glass shake, or him landing, or whatever. And that, like, there's a little, you can see a little bit of his shoulder in the shot, and it looks red-ish. Um, so there's a lot of speculation that that is him. Plus, the way Alfred kind of lingers on hope is a little on the nose. So I think there's a couple reasons to believe that it is Superman. That's where I am personally leaning. But do you agree with that, or do you think there's other possibilities out there? I think that's the only thing you can make the assumption of, that it's Superman. Like, uh, we know, beginning of the trailer, he's gone, the Superman's dead, and then... You know, bookending him with Superman's dead to somebody's here, mm-hmm. somebody's alive. Who is this? Right. I, it makes sense for it to be Superman. It's what we all expect. Um, but because we expect that, it's also a thing for them to surprise us with. Yes. Could it be somebody else? There's there's some sound effects 
earlier in the shot after we're already in the back cave mm-hmm. so it's either alfred's doing some serious work with you know uh, interesting technology or somebody you know teleported into there or you mm-hmm. know something like that something magical or mystical or alien happened and makes me think Green Lanterns or Martian Manhunter? Maybe. Because I would love for him to show up. Yeah. But why would Batman know he's coming? Right. That, that's the thing. Like, I don't even know how it makes sense that Batman would know Superman's coming. Unless Batman's the one who helps resurrect Superman. How else would he know for a fact that he's coming? He's mm-hmm. coming back and he'll come back now-ish? Like, in this period of time. Like, there's no other really way unless he's sending out, like, distress call to somebody. Right. So maybe that is the Green Lanterns. There's other speculation that the stuff that – what makes the glass and the, the liquid shake is not footsteps. It's a one-two superhero landing. Ooh. And that it's John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Heck, yeah. I don't know if that's the case because I feel like we would know by now if Hal Jordan Green and uh, John Stewart were in this movie. Mm-hmm. But that would be a heck of a surprise if it wasn't. Uh, other than that, I don't really know who else it could be unless it's like Deathstroke showing up for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, maybe. Be, I don't know how he fair. would. I don't know how he would help necessarily. But at least that that would that in my mind that's at least a connection to be made where we saw him like the test footage walking off the hangar the, the mm-hmm. Justice League you know vehicle. Uh, we know Joe Manganiello was in London for a couple of days while they were shooting. And, like, there's probably that connection already with Batman. So, at least Batman could, like, realistically know that Deathstroke would show up because he reached out to him or something. Uh, Maybe he hires Deathstroke to go connect Superman's body. Like, who knows? (sighs) But I think the the obvious choice is Superman. But I will not be surprised if it ends up in the movie that 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 sequence is not about Superman's uh, arrival. Yeah, same here. And, you know, we know... Batman has to learn about the mother boxes because Diana's going to tell him. We see the mother boxes phoning home, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie with uh, on Themyscira. So there's going to be a history lesson. We're going to learn about the original war. We're going to learn that, you know, maybe lanterns did show up and Batman was expecting them. Mm-hmm. Like that, I love that theory. And it seems to me that he's Batman's going to learn about something in that movie where he's going to expect help, mm-hmm. whether it's Superman's not dead. He's just resting or he's right. just sleeping. He's on a state farm up state <laughs> or whatever, literally, uh, or whatever the case is. So I guess it's out West cause it's Kansas, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. So that's all the DC stuff we have. Uh, once Marvel kicked off their panel, they started it with a video of Paul Rudd and Michael Pena recapping the MCU but in like a joking manner, like of Luis's stories from Mm -hmm. Ant-Man. They have not released that video, but in doing that video, they announced some cast members that would be joining the both of them for Ant-Man and the Wasp. The first one being Michelle Pfeiffer has been cast as Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp. We know it. She's married to Michael Douglas. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And she's going to be in the movie. And like, I cannot wait to find out how this goes down. Yeah, I mean, the thing that... I mean, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. She's great. Mm-hmm. The original Catwoman. Uh, very cool to see her back in a uh, superhero role. Yeah. And just the fact that, like, I love that they're not, they weren't going to do a thing where, like, oh, she was in the quantum realm the whole time, so she didn't age. And, like, right. they give, like, a young-ish girl to, like, Michael Douglas. I'm glad that they, yeah, like, allowed weird. her to age up. And now that they're, like, they have her. We know, we or we knew that, like, this was coming, that 
Janet was going to be in the movie and just like all the possibilities that I'm playing now with Michelle Pfeiffer in there, I think mm-hmm. is awesome. Absolutely. So the other bit of casting we got was that Lawrence Fishburne, if you listened last week, we talked about the possibility of Bill uh, Foster, a.k.a. Goliath, being in the movie, and that is who Lawrence Fishburne has been cast as. Ooh. So you know, he went from Perry White. I think he'll still be Perry White moving forward, I guess, unless maybe he's not after Flashpoint. But right. uh, he's he's Goliath. Yeah. That's cool. Lawrence freaking Fishburne, guys. <laughs> um, the, he's the man. And... I know we talked to like Danny Glover, Morgan Freeman as like a an outshot, yeah. or I think you had um, who was you had a guy uh, Denzel, Denzel, uh, yeah, and then the other one I mentioned uh, what was it? Wesley Snipes, uh, Eddie Murphy, and then there's one other one. All of those I can't remember. Superb picks. This beats them all by a yeah. mile. It just it wasn't even on my radar because he's DC guy. Yeah, like in my mind now, like he's in the DC universe, so like that wasn't a possibility. But this is cool. Absolutely, and you could he's you could practically just put the same outfit on the dude like you can right. move perry white to here and he looks just the same throw a lab coat on him yeah uh, learns fishborn michelle pfeiffer what else i would also before we get to the rest of the cast i would love like it's not gonna happen but like to see this original group like back in like the 70s or 80s or whatever just like working being superheroes oh like, yes see a young like they'd have to do like the whole dh thing for an entire movie which yeah. i'm not all in for but no. like Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne, Ant-Man, Wasp, Goliath movie. Mm-hmm. Like that would be that yeah. so cool. <laughs> Where were all these ideas 30 years ago? Oh, man. So good. But the other cast member they announced was actually uh, Deadline broke this the week before this in the lead up to the panel. But then Marvel confirmed it that Walton Goggins has joined as Sonny Birch. Who uh, I was not familiar with, but he is the uh, in the comics, the chairman of Cross Technologies. Which uh, in the first film, Corey Stoll played uh, Cross, aka Yellow Jacket. But then at, by the end of the movie, Cross Technologies was like it like vanished. So if you if he is the chairman of that company, he's probably not very happy with his company being destroyed by Ant Man. Yeah, and the fact that they're like technologically advanced and stuff, uh, and like doing all these like scientific breakthroughs, I think he could uh, be he could be a like a tinkerer type of guy almost where he can supply technology and stuff for other villains for Ant-Man to face. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think technically is it an, it, the building implodes. Is that the right term? I think so. Yes. And I mean, yeah. So if you're an investor or you're the, you're the, you're the last man standing, well, um, you're going to have to make your money somehow. Mm-hmm. And that means dealing with shady people. You're going to save your company at any cost. But Walter Goggins, uh, phenomenal guy i mean his his hateful eight role i think yeah he was also in the magnificent seven reboot no he wasn't but i felt like he no. was no you know i don't think so in my in my head he was so I'm gonna i kind of feel it. like he is too but i don't think he was i don't think he was either but uh, i just then to see him act in vice principles uh the hbo comedy with him and uh Danny, Danny McBride, Danny McBride. Thank you. Yeah. And then Bill Murray pops up occasionally too. Yeah. It's it's all great. And yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he doesn't have to play too dark a character because I think he can also be zany and fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and next year he'll be like the villain in like three straight movies because he's in the third maze runner to start Mm -hmm. the year. Then he's the villain of Tomb Raider. And now he's, now he's in this. So uh, he's going to have a big uh, big 2018 for Walton Goggins, good, which good I'm for all him. for. And then the other uh, 
person they confirmed was uh, Hannah John Kamen as the ghost. So this is where I think Sonny Birch and his angry cross technologies people could come into play because uh, the ghost initially in the comics is actually a male. So they gender swapped this character. Cool. Um, But this person's like a tech robot, like genius. We're like, they like infuse themselves with like robotic technology and stuff. And I don't know all their powers necessarily, but that's where I think it makes sense where cross technologies could be looking and be like, we need somebody to go after Ant-Man because we know that he's the guy that took us down. So, and they like know that this like, uh, this like hacker girl or something and they like give her the suit and that's how it happens. That sounds actually really sweet. I mean, Ant-Man was like a heist movie. So now you have a criminal created, you have a criminal made, uh, and now you got to have somebody to chase down your criminal. I don't know if like, it'd be like a cyber cop or just like a revenge type plot, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, absolutely. It sounds epic. Like, and then, you know, working with technologies and all that stuff is what makes Ant-Man cool. So like, what's the next level of human genetics and implanting yourself with cybernetic technology? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Tony Stark start to mess with that. So that's already out there in the world. And, you know, next phase, let's do it. Yeah. So that was all we got for Ant-Man and the Wasp. They showed some concept stuff there as well. We've not seen that. But they also showed concept art that did serve as online for Captain Marvel, getting our first look at Brie Larson in the suit uh, basically a year after she was officially confirmed to be the role of Carol Danvers. She looks great in the suit. I can't wait to see you in live action. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, all drawn up looks epic uh but yeah i mean a illustration is yeah. hard to supplant you know the movie on yes. the silver screen so we, have, we haven't yet to see her in the actual costume yet but we also got details on what her actual solo movie will be about and also when it will take place which i did not anticipate having to be a news topic but it is because this movie takes place in the 1990s Ooh, and Sam Jackson's confirmed to be in there as Nick Fury with two eyes. So we're going to probably see the story of how he loses his one eye. Yes. Which he uh, kind of says, like, last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. So <gasps> is did he trust Carol and then something happened? Or does he trust somebody else? And then they turn on him because maybe they're a scroll. Because, yeah, Captain Marvel's going to have her battling scrolls mm-hmm. and deal with the Kree scroll war, which if you don't know that, well, the Kree were in guardians of the galaxy. That's what Ronan was. Mm-hmm. And, but the scrolls were initially what they wanted to be the villains of the first Avengers movie. It'd be Loki's army, but they couldn't use them because of like the rights with Fox. But apparently some deals been worked out where now they where Marvel studios can use the scrolls and they are a shape shifting being so they can, literally transform into any other person which could present many different you know potential problems and maybe one of the scrolls uh transforms into captain marvel and then takes out nick fury's eye or maybe they do it to somebody else i don't know all i know is that uh introducing scrolls and having this movie take place in the 1990s is very interesting uh for captain marvel yeah i mean no i mean setting it back in the 90s is epic by itself yes because number one i mean i don't know but uh, what went on in the 90s and if you're looking for a point of conflict for the military uh the gulf war was going on then Mm -hmm. that's 90 to 90 
one and ninety two. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to, you know, supplant some alternate history out there, yeah, why not do it with shape shifting aliens on Earth, where you have, I mean, that's the Air Force in its heyday. Uh, I mean, bombing the 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 crap out of you know desert cities and whatnot. So uh, or Kuwait, I think that's mm-hmm. where it's at. So yeah, it would be so cool to have Nick Fury in his heyday or just at the end of his heyday or right. whatever he's got going on. And then, um, yeah, seeing Carol Danvers, uh, destroying shape-shifting aliens in the desert or wherever the case I is. I think it'll be in space. I think if it, if it's the Kree scroll war, this is like a totally intergalactic film. How do we get out there then? I don't know. And then though, the question is how do they explain no Captain Marvel for 30 years? Mm-hmm. Because if she's fighting aliens in the nineties, then when she reappears in the fourth Avengers movie, uh, you know, in 2020 or 2019, I guess, but when it takes place in the actual yes. earth time is, mm-hmm. is, is unknown. Thanks to Spider-Man homecoming. But anyways, uh, that's like a 30 years to be gone. They have to explain that in some way. And, but I, I like that they're doing this because going in before we got this news, if you're looking at Captain Marvel, you're saying, how does this movie come out post infinity war, but right before Avengers four and not have like, just be super tied into those movies. Yeah. Now, it's allowed to be its completely own thing in the 90s. They'll have to explain either that she doesn't age because of her Cree DNA now, mm-hmm. uh, or I think what would be cool is if she still she gets her powers the same way or whatever, or some alternate way. I don't care how she gets her powers necessarily, but that she gets them, she helps defeat the Cree scroll war, but then it's, she still ends up in the coma at the end of the movie. But then she wakes back up at the very end, kind of like Captain America in a sense. But when she reawakens, it's in the present day. She hasn't aged yet because she's in some weird alien coma that sure. helps that. And maybe it's because of her powers as well. Who knows? But then she's ready and then she wakes up and it's like, oh, snap. Thanos has like destroyed half my planet or something. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, you there's there's so many interesting things they can do now uh, with this movie in particular. But also just like I love that they're continuing to trace back the history of the MCU as well as push it forward because mm-hmm. If you're introducing the scrolls, I don't know if you're familiar with the, what. Do you know what the secret invasion is? No. Okay. So there's a storyline in the comics uh, called Secret Invasion, where the scrolls take over like the identities of everybody, basically. Oh snap! So if they're introducing the scrolls, they could theoretically do this in like Avengers Four or Avengers Five or something, where throughout time the scrolls have one by one taken place of captain america of iron man of dr strange of black panther of whoever world leaders villains anybody and then at the flip of a hat they all reveal that they're actually just that 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 they are scrolls and they take over the world and then like the the remaining heroes have to find okay well what do they do with (laughs) the original iron man and the original cap and the original hawkeye and whatever and like they have to go through all of that stuff and that could be a really epic movie to do, uh, especially if like they do it as Avengers four and that for sure, the big flip is that, all right, Thanos wins, but also half of these heroes aren't actually who they are. <laughs> oh, geez. So not only are they kind of missing, but 
now they have fake versions of them running around. Yeah, I, I that I mean, setting up a villain like that early in the in the past that you can play forward into countless movies or um, Avengers films, mm-hmm. four, five, six, or I mean, wherever you want to go right. with that, especially with um, Captain Marvel being one of the leads, uh, Tom Holland's, you know, and the new of any, all the other Avengers, you know, that are coalescing around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool. And, you know, um, I don't know how that, yeah, like you said, there are interesting ways they could explain her, you know, missing, if you're an expert in killing aliens, how'd you miss the, right. the huge invasion in New York? Uh, su- suppose she didn't see the, I mean, maybe not. The, I think she has to be either off planet for all these years yeah. Or she is in a coma. Which, well, you think maybe the secret invasion could get adapted to the 90s movie in some form or another? I don't, uh, maybe. I think that would be a little rushed, though, if they do Kree, Scroll War, and Secret Invasion all in one movie, where Kevin Feige is kind of discussed now that they've revealed this is going to be the case, that there's all this history with the Kree and Scroll and their wars, but also just the Scrolls and Secret Invasion and everything, that I think that's going to be something that's going to be kind of like the next Thanos, where slowly throughout the next couple of phases or whatever, we're going to notice, you know, Black Panther's been acting a little weird yeah. recently. I okay. don't know what's up. And then, you know, in you know Avengers 7, we realize, oh, it's because he was a scroll three movies back. Oh, snap. And that's why everything's been so different, you know, moving forward. So I think it, it's lots of possibilities now. For sure. Um, but yeah, I th- as long as they explain why she it doesn't age from the 90s to the 2020 because Brie Larson, they're not going to age Brie Larson up to play a fifty-year-old Captain Marvel. That no, would that would be not. very strange. To it's, do. Just, it's probably just a power thing, right? So, whatever it is, I have faith in Marvel that they'll do it. Uh, definitely surprising, but we knew we were going to get the Thor Ragnarok trailer to end to, to kind of cap off the panel in terms of footage we we're going to see. It was the only thing that came out um, officially from Marvel, and we got it. And I just, man, this movie looks so much. It just looks so much fun, like. Mm-hmm. The, the colors, the action, Hemsworth showing the comedy again uh, with like his banter with Hulk and like, yes. or with, with Banner saying, uh, oh yeah, you know, we had a fight and Banner says, oh, did I win? And he says, oh no, I beat you. And then Banner's like, that doesn't sound right. He's right. like, it is. And then it cuts yeah. to uh, Thor just smashing Getting, through yeah. the, the arena wall. Yeah. And, but, <laughs> it, it, yeah. just, it just looks super fun and funny and uh, the action parts of it looked great. I'm glad they, that they didn't show too much more of the gladiator fight because I want to mm-hmm. see. Mo- I don't want that to be the Hulkbuster Iron Man or Hulkbuster Hulk fight from Age of Ultron, where I saw all of that in the marketing. Yeah. And then when I saw it in theaters, I was like, okay, it's still cool because it's all together, but I've already seen all the big moments from it. I don't want that to be the case here. Um, but we also got to see a lot more Valkyrie. She's in like this new white suit. Looks super epic. Tessa Thompson looks like she's going to kill it. Yeah. Uh, Loki's now working with them mm-hmm. uh, throughout the whole thing. It looks like I was maybe wondering if he was going to flip flop halfway through. He may still do that. But then Thor's like, well, Hela took over and destroyed Asgard. So I guess I have to work with you now. Right. Uh, that's cool. Hela, Cate Blanchett. I mean, come on. She looks great. Like mm-hmm. I love the way that her like. Uh, uniform can like transform and she can get the headdress and like kind of the armored suit and stuff. Um, but there's all, yeah, I mean, there's just so much stuff that looked super awesome in this uh, movie. Like we got to see a 
brief shot of Korg, who's actually played by Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, there's a shot of Hulk battling Fenris Wolf, who's like this Asgardian mega wolf mm-hmm. on like on the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> oh. And then we see Hulk leaping at Searcher, like the fire demon. Yeah. This giant fire demon. Like it just looks like so crazy, like and unlike anything we've seen from Thor than the Thor franchise so far that I think this is going to be such a big hit for Marvel because it's just going to be like just so much fun and energy and enthusiasm that you, mm-hmm. even if the movie's not the greatest, it's not the greatest story or acting or plot or whatever, it's just going to be so enjoyable that people aren't going to care as much. <laughs> the risks in this script are incredible, but also they've been pulled off. They've been done before and they're going to work and they're working in the trailers. It's going to work for a feature length film. And it's what Thor has been missing because the first one was too grounded I think that would mean, but you know, it, it was back when every movie had to be like Iron Man. Right. Then Thor two was like, oh, we can step out a little bit, but still it needs to happen on earth because everything needs to be, uh, ethnocentric. I think is that, is that the word for earth? I don't know, but, uh, no, that's different. Heliocentric. Okay. Yes. Or no, is that sun? Whatever the case is, everything <laughs> had to happen on earth. Yes. But now guardians didn't have earth, you know, once in the, feature of the, you know the main length of the film mm-hmm. and they can just embrace all of the weirdness that happens and yeah it leads to thor and um valkyrie and oh, everybody else just using laser cannons and there's no right. mirror mirror uh that you know it's it's so zany and uh i am legitimately excited for this movie like you know not that i wasn't before uh-huh. But this looks like a movie that can be its own thing without me saying like, oh, I need to go see the next chapter. Because right. it will be good. This looks, this finally looks like, you know, Thor hitting its stride in the best way possible. And I love it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally on board for this. Uh, currently, I'm just on like a Thor high right now. So if you would ask me like, what's the movie you're most looking forward to the rest of the year? Like, it's Thor. Mm-hmm. But I know like, Every time I see like the Star Wars trailer still, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. that's going to be so good. And when we get the second one, I'm sure it's going to change again and it's going to be Star <laughs> Wars. But yeah, I'm, I am totally on board for Thor. I think there's a very good chance that this is the best Marvel movie of the year. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I am. We'll see. We'll see. We will definitely see. I don't want to speak out against my, my boy Spider-Man yet. Right. I mean, Sp- so. Spider-Man is great. I'm just saying, I think this is going to be kind of like Spider-Man Homecoming in a sense where like this is like almost the, the, the Thor movie we've been waiting for in terms of just yeah. zaniness, craziness, mm-hmm. action, humor, uh, heart, and everything. Absolutely. So we'll have to wait and see if that's the case. Thankfully, it comes out November 3rd. We'll be reviewing it uh, that coming weekend, but that's all we got for Comic-Con. Uh, if you had to pick like your favorite bit of news that came out, what was it? <sighs> I, or trailer or whatever. You know, I'm I'm jumping back and forth between the Kingsman Golden Circle trailer and the Captain Marvel, you know, uh, story reveal, okay. if you will, because I I I love the fact that it's man the nine I'm about to say period piece for I the nineties the, the, the uh, decade we were born in <laughs> right we're getting old you know uh, but I I I think that's awesome because it can stand by itself and have percussions repercussions for the rest of the movies you know the entire series and then but also though i am just so enthralled with the kingsman the golden circle the statesman and that cast of unbelievable 
actors doing unbelievable action. Mm-hmm. What about you, Cooper? I think it's still Ready Player One. I think that's the thing that won Comic-Con for me. I think if I had to like choose like a brand that won Comic-Con, yeah. it'd be Marvel. I think their announcements were a little stronger than DC's because mm-hmm. they gave me more. Um, but yeah, I think the Ready Player One trailer was the one where I was like audibly just like in awe. I was like, I Spielberg, you son of a gun. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> you did it again. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I can't. I cannot wait for that movie now. And before I was like, yeah, you know, it's Spielberg. It's Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be good. But now I'm like, yeah, I cannot wait for this movie. So that's that would be my winner. Uh, if I had to pick a loser, it'd be Fox because they didn't show any X Men stuff. But that's true. That's just me and me being cynical about the X Men universe. So that's all we got for Comic Con though. So uh, if you're listening to this episode, uh, it's hopefully going to come out on Sunday night. Monday, we will release our review for the week, which is going to be Dunkirk. So if you saw Dunkirk and you want to hear some other news that happened throughout the week that was not Comic-Con related, we'll be talking about all that stuff in our next episode. Thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, Hello iTunes gives us a five-star view with comments. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and everything else, at Friends and Film. We also have updates on the podcast, movies, and more. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Coops underscore Hoops. And you can follow me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. Thanks, guys. For tuning in to your friends from the podcast, Josh. Guys, thanks for dropping in. And be sure to check out our review of Dunkirk tomorrow or in the next couple of days. And then come back in a week for our next episode. Until then, see you later. <laughs>